Yo, we're recording. This is the 157th episode of the November Rain podcast. It's called Nothing Lasts Forever. And my name is Robin. I'm Tara. We're TNR and we're going to talk GNR for you. We talk GNR. We talk RNFNR. RNFNR. Rock Slash would say. Fucking roll. Rock and fucking roll. Man, we had a rock and roll day today, I would say. Today is Robin's birthday. I'm. <laughs> How old are you, Robin? Uh, I just turned 22. It's crazy. Happy birthday. Uh, 22nd birthday to Robin. Forever, yeah, forever thank 22. You guys. Big cap um, so, energy. So we, you know, we kind of cruised around the west side, which is something we normally don't do. And we made a pit stop at the old Rainbow Bar and Grill. You know, we had no destination as you. Well, we had, I don't know, whatever. But decided on the way home, why don't we just hit the strip? It's been a while yeah, since I've been on the, the strip. Sites. Check out the sites, and it's it's kind of sad lately because uh, if we leave the house, we're like, well, we might as well do something that is GNR related because That's it's such a weird thing, but it's infiltrated. True. I think the, the last three deep times we've left the of house, soul we're and brain. roses related. Yeah, it's pathetic, but also Man. like there's no reason to leave the house. So we need um, something. We need something to get us out the door. Yeah, that's just you know, isn't and we, in public. We went to the Rainbow Room, and you know what we did. We took some pics, but you know mm-hmm. what I said to that mm-hmm. fine gentleman that uh, was working, the, the one, one person <laughs> that was working at the Rainbow Room on um, a Tuesday at 3 p.m. Yeah, what did you say? When they're him? only open for takeout. And yeah. no one is like, oh, I want the marinara sticks from Rainbow Room takeout today. So he's <laughs> his days are slow. Uh, yeah, they're slow. Yeah. And I said, fine, sir. This is the first place that I'm coming. When, when we can the first place we're going I will is be the, the rainbow. first person here. And, and he told us what booth to ask us sit in. Yep. We we did ask him. Tara, you did ask him. Can we go inside and look at the booth? I said, from do the you November know what Rain booth music video? they sit in the November Rain music video? And he immediately knew what booth it was. Yep. He said we couldn't go in, but we said we'd be here as soon as we can. And, and he says, we won't say, I'm not going to say what booth it is no, because it's our, our listeners, <laughs> it's our secret. We don't want the listeners to go to sit at table, get at the table before we get there You're because not, you guys aren't getting that table. Yep. There's a special table. I mean, but you can walk special, into the rainbow room and you can ask the front desk you guy. You can ask him, but you, you know, Who we're knows? not going to give you that intel. Yeah. But anyways, that was cool. Oh God. You know, so, and the thing is like. Like the I fact said, that these were even like highlights for us, or the highlight of, I don't know, our past many days was talking to the front door guy at the Rainbow about a table that we can't even, a table we cool. can't even look at. It was cool. This is our, so, um, you know, what else has been going on? You know, final day of Donald, President Donald Trump's um, reign of terror. Yeah. The inauguration of President-elect it, uh, it's Joe our, Biden is tomorrow. It might be our final day with a president- who listens to Guns and Roses? This is the last day in human history for the president with a president whose favorite music video of all time is November Rain. You know what? Yeah, that's true. As of tomorrow, we can no longer say the president's favorite music video of all time is November, November Rain. Rain. Yeah, that's true. So one of and do you think we'll ever get a president that likes Guns and Roses again? I don't think we will. You know, I think it's probably best that we don't. I think it's best that we don't. <laughs> what I thought was so interesting or kind of cool when, um, like, what, a year and a half ago, and we had a bunch of people running for president for the Democratic primary, is that Beto O'Rourke, he was going to be... Punk rock president? The f- no, the first Gen X president. Uh-huh. 
And now that he's gone, we'll probably never have a Gen X president. So we'll never have a president. It's going to skip a generation and be a millennial president. Yeah, they're just. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's. There were some articles are talking going around that. that You think it's going to skip Gen X? Isn't isn't Kamala Kamala Harris Gen X? I don't know. I guess we don't really know when we, Gen we, X and Boomer It's starts. not clear when, and it's also not clear. I don't think she is because Beto, but Beto was like, I mean, he lived William, and breathed cool, Gen cool X. Guy, cool guy, Beto. I get it. Cool dad. Uh, everyone's cool dad. Yeah, but, and he, yeah, he was going skateboarding kickflip president. Kickflip down. He can't kickflip. What is the street that the... Pennsylvania Avenue. Pennsylvania He'll just kickflip down Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, and you know, listen to Look, Smashing those, Pumpkins. Those days are oh fucking a. And so Melissa Optum Moore is going to get a medal. I don't know. You yeah, know, I mean, this is the world we live in. I don't in, know guys. what you Gen Xers you know, do. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, so, we're not Gen Xers. We just um sleep have crushes them. on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <We> just, damn, <laughs> damn it. So, anyways, um, so you know. That, that, <laughs> that threw me off so we a couple episodes ago talked in you know a lot about the 2002 vmas yep in contrast to the 92 vmas but we've never gone to a detail detail about 92 so i know we, we haven't so it's like well everyone knows or we should be talking more about it but our instagram and twitter handles are at 1992 yeah, vmas if you want to like Ask us a question or yeah, AMA. You know, ask me for a nude. Yeah. Hit us at up. 1992 VMAs. Or 1992 VMAs at Gmail. And it there's a lot to unpack. Like 1992 VMAs are a very pivotal point in the mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses, in particular November uh November Rain universe. Mm-hmm. And we haven't talked about it in depth, and we plan on even having several episodes of talking about yeah, how important the 92 VMAs mm-hmm. are. Um, but yeah, we we hopped on that handle. So we have the handle. Um, it's so far not like worth anything, but that's that could change. Yeah. And then so we watched 1992 VMAs today, and we watched the 1988 VMAs today. And like the contrast you see between 88, 92, and then obviously 2002 is its own own thing. But the 88 to 92 is two different bands, and not even in the sense that it was kind of actually like physically different bands because by 90 there was two you several no different Izzy, players you've got no adler and then you have like you have like 15 extra people on stage between the horn section the backup well, singers yeah, dizzy on the keys let's ground everyone in the 92 vmas yeah. so 92 vmas we so Peak guns and roses we're about to hit the 29th year anniversary of yes it's a 29th year anniversaries of the premiere of the November Rain music video. So yep. it premiered 1992. The uh, Use Your Illusion came out in 91 in the fall. The video came out a couple months later, ni- February something, mm-hmm. in 92. So uh, it was eligible for VMAs and the 92 VMAs, which happened in September. Mm-hmm. So this is like a pretty a pretty remarkable lineup of, of VMA performances. Yeah. You have Pearl Jam. Um, I think Pearl Jam was 93. No, Pearl Jam was the 92. Oh, yeah. The because remember, VMAs we talked are... about these albums that all came out in the 91, Pearl Jam 10 being one of them. Yeah. So you got Pearl Jam. You've got Nirvana coming off of... Um, Nevermind. Nevermind. And you got Guns N' Roses. And so you can kind of like feel 
the change yeah. that, is, that is happening. The changing so, of the guard happens at the 92 VMAs. There's actually a... You can pinpoint it to a couple of hours, mm-hmm. literally, that happens that where, yeah, Kurt takes and, it from... And when, and when Nirvana, you know, did that Axel. performance, you know, whatever you think of Nirvana, I, I kind of imagine Axl Rose backstage being like, he probably knew... They literally things. got in a fight. They literally backstage. got into a fight, but I think he knew it was the end. And yeah. I think that's why he was like acting out. Cause yeah, like everyone knew it was the end. It was, the it end. was wild. So, so you have you a can, contrast of Nirvana. I think they played lithium or in blue. Well, the whole thing with the Nirvana performance, right? So Nirvana was, Nirvana was huge at that time. And we have anarchy cheerleaders, which I want to talk about the anarchy cheerleaders yeah, so just, bad. That's a different episode. Mm-hmm. And that was massive. I, yeah. Smells like teen spirit. They all MTV wanted, all the record label wanted was them to perform Smells Like Teen Spirit. And Nirvana being, you know, no, like, they're just, they're just, they're just like, like they're some fuck rascals. you, man. Yeah, they don't want to play. They're huge. And we talked about how when songs get out of control and, you know, kind of beyond what the artist like intended it to be. And that was something for, uh, yeah, for Smells Like Teen Spirit. So they want to do that, do that. And Kurt, and, you know, Grant, they are the biggest band, an mm-hmm. up and coming new band. And so MTV they've dethroned, needs they've them. essentially dethroned, dethroned bands like Guns N' Roses yeah. and Metallica as the MTV biggest rock bands. needs them to perform. Yeah. They're the num- like they're what everyone is looking for. And they say Kurt goes, "I'm going to play the I want to play the song Rape Me." And they say, "No. No, you can't so play I, Rape Me." I thought it was that they kind of pretended like they were going to play Smells Like Teen Spirit. Got on no. so so the execs thought they were going to play Smells Like Teen Spirit. They, they, they played Rape Me Anyways and then went into In Bloom. They finally then uh they finally made uh I think them and the producers and the record labels they were like we're not going to play Smells Like Teen Spirit. We're not going to play Smells Like Teen Spirit. We want to play Rape Me and they're like no, don't play Rape Me and then they settled on Lithia. So it's kind of like a classic like a uh, Donald J Trump negotiation. negotiation. Yeah, the negotiation art of the deal. Yeah, obviously they're not going to play "Rape Me." This is also like 1992. Two. <laughs> so, so like, that's pretty. That's a pretty big deal to saying "Rape Me" on. Um, yeah, uh, it would be a big deal now, but I it would. I think it's even a bigger deal then. But uh, they got on stage. They played three chords of "Rape Me" enough for all of the producers to almost shut down the feed and mm-hmm. then tra- transition into lithium. Yeah, and it's. Really good. I mean, so it's a great but, performance. But back to Guns N' Roses. So when you have that, you know, that's that's what now, that's what alternative rock and roll has become. And well, you have Guns N' Roses, who was this Sunset Strip grimy rock band, who is now on stage with, like I said, a full horn section, a full orchestra. Wait, no, we haven't even talked about. Well, so put yourself in Axel's. Put yourself in the Axl Rose, Sergeant Pepper garb. That's my boy. He's like so out and, of touch that he doesn't and realize. He, this is the VMAs. He spent the past two years creating his video music trilogy mm-hmm. that um, was funded, you know. Which is, totally, which is totally over the top. Totally over the top. It's super hyper thought out. It. Uh, he spent, you know, I think probably $6 million record labels across don't cry mm-hmm. November rating is strange, right? So dumped like six million dollars mm-hmm. into video making into his masterpiece, right? Mm-hmm. And he this is this is his VMA. He's been waiting for this. He wants like it, it, he created these for this. Yeah. And I, he's I, coming into this, ready to take home the hardware. Yeah. And so that's what that's where he's stepping into the space. And they're the biggest band. 
and uh, they had the closing set. Yeah, they they had the closing set. So they play with not only all the like extra, you know, extra fluff. Elton John is Elton actually John. in the so, whole song with them, and Axel and Elton have pianos. It was it's like set up like grand a dueling pianos. grand pianos, like the piano and, bar down in and, downtown San Diego. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> or in downtown. San, or in whatever Santa downtown. Barbara. Yeah. So uh, I love a good piano yeah, bar. Like Tell me about song. it. Any kind of bar. Yeah. Just, Great. Just would, give me anything. But, I don't oh, even care. So you have Let's, Elton John and Axel. Can we talk about Elton John, though, for one millisecond? Sure. So Elton John's on stage and they're dueling pianos. Elton John does nothing except for piano. Yeah. And someone said this is his toupee phase, Elton John. Aww. I forgot that he's kind of it's wearing Lion a toupee. King, Elton John. This is a very he's big time for Elton John. Elton John. He doesn't this do anything. He doesn't This is a very powerful Elton John moment. I think it was probably a surprise, but can we talk about... So Elton John... Um, so Axel had you know, had said some homophobic stuff. He has a yeah. song where he says the F word. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, you know, we were talking about it in the car. He's, you know, a, a raging misogynist. And mm-hmm. I think he's, he also has a, a streak of homophobia. Yeah. And Elton just comes on and does and performs. And I, that's kind of it. And this also happened. Remember, Elton did the same thing for Eminem. I was just going to say this sounds just like the Eminem story. Yeah. So, there, but I think, I think I, that's in does, Elton's personality an, to seek out these people and be like, I'm going to. But gonna, he's just like, I, he's a professional, you know. But it's weird for these two artists to be like, it's okay because Elton likes it. That's what they've now Elton, said. Their behavior is okay. Has, everyone has an exception when you're at like that level. So like, I guess I Elton mean, John accepting them because I th- their, I think it's a little, you know, Elton John has to stay relevant by being with like contemporary artists in their well, time. If you listen by to himself, with I them. listen to Elton John. He has a radio show on, um, Apple music, which I'm a huge fan of Apple music. Apple Same, music, I'm an Apple us, music bring person. us on uh, Apple music. Apple music has the best content. So mm-hmm. including the Elton John show and he's uh, recording new episodes. I haven't really listened recently, but he's a big fan of pop music. He follows He's on. He has his finger on the pulse. He he has pop. his finger on the pulse. He loves new mu- he loves new music. He loves old music, but he particularly like really follows new music. Has his fingers on the pulse. He's like a big fan of Billie Eilish and all this stuff. And and I, I do think that comes from a really genuine space. I do too. But, but that's, I that's, do that's think exactly that my point I, is. I'd like to know if there are people in the like queer music community that think there's a little bit of a problem with a couple of these pretty like I mean Axel and Eminem saying that they're now okay with the queer community because Elton John gave them an okay pass. I don't know about the Axel thing because the only thing, the only thing that Elton John did was this one performance in 1992 with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. That was a different time. I know with the Eminem thing, that conversation was happening. Yeah. And people were criticizing to him or they were just, there was just critical. There was like, Criticism of both Elton John and Eminem. Yeah, like, you know, I Elton think actually, John, I... El- or Elton John shouldn't align himself with this homophobe, or or Eminem shouldn't, you know, be. I actually think have there's... the honor to even work with Elton John because he's homophobe. I mean, I think it's a lot more. Um, it's a big gray area yeah. there, and and you know, Axl Rose. I think actually, Axl Rose John about... is Eminem's sponsor. I think they ended up so, being. There is some. I think yeah. you're right. I think yeah. she's right. So they they became there's, friends. Yeah, it, it, like all biases, you could have like. A guy that just got released from prison with swastika tattoos, which we saw today in Mar Vista, in yeah. AA with like a black man, and like all prejudices and biases don't apply in AA. It's yeah. a very weird world. Um, but um, 
Though and, you Elton's know, Axel, on stage. Axel, jo- Axel Rose has always kind of made it known that these like huge male pop stars yeah. are his favorite. So he's yeah. named Elton John as someone he admires. And also he says his favorite band of all time is Queen and his favorite singer of all time is Freddie Mercury. Yep. I, I don't know. I think Freddie Mercury was like, bye. I mean, he's a queer man. Uh, Freddie so Mercury I, I, is I, I, not bi. He was a gay man. Okay, well, I don't know. Have you I, not seen, did you not see the Oscar Wimmy movie? I did not see that movie. You this missed movie that? Doesn't interest I guess he was kind of married, all. but. Yeah, so yeah. was Elton John though, so. Um, he was married, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I um, saw both of those movies. Rocket so, Band. I, I also don't think that, I do think Axl Rose is a misogynist. I do not think Axl Rose is a racist or a homophobe. He I has don't. some like I think misogynist can homophobic come across. comments, but yeah. that was a. They, I'm about, it, it, I, I okay, we, for this Gibby, is not why we open the comment. what I'm about to say, but like it was there was a it was a different time. I don't think he would make those comments today, and I don't think he believes those comments today. Yeah, an idiot twenty two year old, you know, who, whose Straight ego was his ego was inflated on the Sunset Strip was going to make some pretty ignorant comments. But that's also how Kurt came in as a that antithesis of that Kurt came in as a we we're not talking about Kurt but he came in as a identifying as a feminist which mm. was pretty yeah I can't really stand guys that call themselves feminists. but that was pretty forward in it no was one progressive was really doing for the time. in 1991 it's really annoying in 2021 in 2021 but 1991 totally different yeah, and also he outwardly came out against homophobia he called yeah. it out on these people and that's yeah. a lot of his problems that he had with um with the guns and roses which I think is a really yeah. like that that was coming from a place that was pretty genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so we have it on stage. We've got Elton and Axel dueling it out. Axel's in his peppered up. Yeah, he's got a Sergeant Pepper jacket and he's drinking out of a goblet. He's drinking out of like a goblet that you would find. In uh, Indiana Jones on the Last Crusade. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. It wasn't the goblet that you would pick. It was a fake goblet. It wasn't the it was, it's a no, goblet it, that would make you die. It would, it would be the goblet that turns into a monster skeleton if you drink out of it. Absolutely. But that's really... Jehovah thought, starts find, with an H. I found that really weird considering that he... Yeah, I don't know. Why did he bring on the goblet? Because they I had don't that know. Show because it's, it whatever. was it was trying to like kind of play. So the whole performance was like a take from the video. Yeah. So it was the same co- weird there conductor that like looks like Kenny G. People on stage, a full orchestra. Um, there was so, a sexy like, sax girl, a sexy, a sexy trump trumpet, girl, trumpet, a trumpet girl, and a flautist. And a flautist. We know we have the flautist in the video. There's two flautists, but. As sexy sax girls new and you know it's it, it's such a contrast to to 1988 where it's like a raw well, band so you've got suddenly guns and roses like we're watching this the, raw rock and roll band from the sunset strip is now playing the vmas with a full orchestra and we're a conductor watching 2002 right and they're ending the show they got all the stops so they got all these people they got elton sorum's up on like they got they got he's like lifted up in the air with almost like a pseudo motley crew hang- type of setup right, yeah one of those hanging and, uh, 360 drum kits gilby and slash going off all these other people the conductor and then you know the show wraps it's over so it's super over the top it's everyone's been waiting for it and it's honestly it's cool but it's like okay and i think slash was like a little bit off I don't I think, think it was his best I moment. I really think that this moment, their Guns N' Roses moment was passing already at yeah. this moment. And but another thing- watching this and I said, I don't think this is the best performance. Let's go back and watch the VMAs before this. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Yeah. So the 1988 though. So yeah. another thing about it is, so we, we talked about and watched and love Live at Saskatoon. Live at Saskatoon was a year later. Yeah, So Live true. at Saskatoon, they kind of like circled back 
to having the bare bones they line performances. Yeah. So I think there was an absolute self-awareness well, after the VMAs that they, so think about it. Saskatoon was after the changing of the guard of 1992. I they think, were trying to scale it back, but it just was too late. I think I read somewhere too, cause you know, they had several tours that were going off use your illusion. They just toured the shit for yeah. years out of this. And they, I think they had their big arena and then I think they rebranded a little bit and were like, we're going to do a smaller. I think that's what happened too. I think that they really realized that that's not what the people wanted. But I, I think they were, I don't even think that they were doing that too, because not the people wanted it. I think they were just milking it. They were like, we can milk one more tour out of this and we kind of switch it up again. And have uh, a double so repeat people to come and see us. Over exactly. And over That's again. what I kind of think it was. And I, it was better. But if we think about this, so 88, 92, 2002, they progressively get worse. They pro- progressively get Well, and they the don't because that 80, that remains, you're talking about the VMA's performances alone because I stand yeah, by I'm, Saskatoon, 93. Yeah, I do stand by that too. Nothing beats it. But, well, I don't know. I think, I don't, I just think that the OG lineup is. There's, it's a different really band. Beat, I really, really try it. not to compare them too much. So like I'm comparing the 92 VMAs I like the OG, to other, to the other like use your illusion era live stuff. Yeah. We've seen. And I guess the OG band just isn't in. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have Izzy have Isborn and you don't have Adler. You'll never have Adler because Isborn was on the recording, but. Yeah. Not uh, is there a performance? Uh, we should see if we could find a performance with Izzy. In I November think that, I think that I the, think only, the only time is in like the newer ones. The newer ones. Oh, yes. Yikes. And it was, this was like, and now it was already 10 years ago. Yikes. 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 So, Don't want to see that. Don't. Yeah. There's nothing that I want to see less than old. I mean, it is cornrows Axel and Izzy and like, who knows who else is in that band. Yeah. But I'm. Um, yeah, to 92 VMA, it's, it's, you it's know, when good. we, when we first discovered the 92 VMAs, I think it hit us a lot harder than it does now because we've seen so much better from the band. Yeah. And these slot, honestly, some of the best parts of, uh, of November rain are obviously when Axel does a two minute piano intro, yeah. which we, we only got like 30 seconds of piano intro on this. I mean, yeah. probably for a good reason for you mean, know, live Slash television and all this hot stuff. As usual. And Slash looked hot in this, but not not the same as other performances. And the the solos weren't as well. I mean, I, well, maybe it wasn't as good because they were literally physically fighting with Nirvana the whole night. Yeah. So, oh, do you know? <laughs> yeah, there there's a lot to go back with the fight, but yeah. I guess one thing is Dave Grohl or I can't remember if it's Dave Grohl or Kurt. So. Uh, Guns N' Roses is the last performance as uh, Nirvana was exiting the stage. They, they, and, and this is after they'd been a, yeah, a physical, a physical fight physical already happened. Yeah. Like Duff and Novoselic had already gotten a tall guy. So could fight. you imagine these two like absurdly tall men, like <laughs> poking at each other's chest with their index fingers? Like what the, like what kind of weird surreal thing, like world is the backstage of the VMAs and like and tall they, white people at the end of the Nirvana performance, Courtney they, they actually a baby. They actually are taunting at Axel. Like Dave Grohl says, hi, Axel, hi, Axel, mm-hmm. hi, Axel. Yeah. And on their way out, one of them hawks a loogie, on the piano keys <laughs> and I, I i think it's dave Grohl, or it might have been kurt and he hawked a lugo on what they thought thought was axel's keys but found out later as the yeah. pianos raised from the floor that it was um elton john's they hawked really a lugo on elton john's yeah, that's, pianos that's in the that's in the mythos 
Damn. That is, that is very rude. That yeah. is very rude. If, I mean, can you... How do, do they not do know this piano? Okay, that their pianos, it was Elton's was over there and the Axel's was over here. Come on, guys. I mean, they were like dueling. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, How are they well. supposed to know? They don't write their names on the piano. I, they, are you sure? that I don't think, think so. You don't think Axel has branded pianos? He had his goblet up there. And yeah. I don't know. That, it, yeah. So anyways. But, you know, uh, the question is, do we get feuds like this in the same way? No, it's all like rapper beefs. It's not the same. I mean, we get rapper beefs and we get beefs online, but like not the same as. No, no. But that's what that goes back. Getting in fights backstage. But that goes back to rock and roll is dead. These, I mean, yeah. These, that's it. The day that. The you day know, the that Headbangers died. Ball went off the air, yeah, it died. But yeah, we just don't get a feud like this, and no. that feud was deep. Yeah, but now I think. Um, it, but it, what's interesting too is, you know, we got Duff, who's the last person to see Kurt, Kurt Cobain, Cobain alive. alive. I think. Um, I think Grohl and uh, uh, the rest of them are like pretty good friends. I think Grohl and um, Slash and. It's all, you know, they I were, think so too. Well, Grohl, Grohl obviously became like a massive rock star in his yeah. own right. So like he's going to be running in the same circles as yeah. Slash for the next Yeah, I think they got years. over it. They're yeah. in their 50s going on 60s. Yeah. There's a bunch of really and old dudes. They were 20, totally. 6, 27. Think of all the people we like got into beefs with when we were in our early 20s, including each other. You yeah. know, like it, it's just like you grow up. I mean, I've pulled your sister away from smashing a bottle on someone's head yeah i pulled her away from doing that on my birthday two years ago yeah that was two years ago wild yeah, yeah so she, this shit she, still happens yeah so i take it back idiots yeah but we're an exception to everything we say what yeah anyways well, anyway so the 92 vmas we'll talk more about that fight uh, just teaser alert that yeah. there's a massive fight and a lot to get into there um you can obviously google it but you won't have the hot hot Thin takes from us. Yeah, the very hot, thin, and young takes. Yeah, exactly. From this uh, November rain experts. Um, I don't know what biggest takeaway from the performance. Oh man, like big. Oh, you know one thing we didn't talk about is Duff's outfit. Duff is wearing like a weird, no, oversized, bla- glittery blazer. You would just tell like a stylist got stylist get involved, a production crew yeah, get involved. Stylist get involved. You're right. Like, that just like the rock and roll aesthetic sort of dies when that stuff comes into yeah, play he too had, like, much. Yeah, big. His things. hair was like too nice. Yeah, it was a little too nice. He was wearing a glittered blazer. Yeah, which wasn't and not in a cool way. It sounds cooler, like. But then you go to the '88 and they're all in like Harley Davidson gear. It's really and, like, raw and perfect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. Just reverse and reverse and rewind. So yeah. that's that's it. All right. Well, happy birthday, Robin. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Bye.